What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You got you guys, Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald here to hang with you for the next two hours. As we get that much closer to week number 15, game number 14 for the 12-1 and Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, speaking of numbers, today is show number 427. For your buddies here oh, on wow. Birds I haven't checked in with the number for a while. <laughs> I haven't given it out in a number. Yeah. Uh, took it off the calendar. Creeping up right. on the big one, five hundred. Uh, Creeping that, up. That will that will come sometime, depending on how long the Eagle season goes. Hopefully, in a march uh, to the Super Bowl. Uh, Johnny Mac, how was walk through Wednesday? Uh, I was good. It was productive. A lot of. Uh, 
lot of good stuff from players, more of the locker room. We've got to talk to Dallas Goddard, uh, A.J. Brown, Jordan Mailata, little Lane Johnson. Um, so good, productive, productive day. Oh, I, I want to ask you about one in particular, and then uh, I do want to hear from all those guys. Um, Jalen Hurts, you mentioned the quarterback. And Jalen, spoke to Jalen. Yeah. Uh, in, in the MVP <laughs> conversation, uh, on top of the MVP pile, depending on how you look at a lot of different ways, you can do just that. Uh, he was asked about the supposed disrespect by uh, Michael Parsons. Such disrespect. Such blatant disrespect. Blatant yeah. disrespect. You and I are not as vexed or worked up about it as some Eagle fans seem to be or members of the media here in town. Uh, Jalen Hurts was out of his mind crazy about it, wasn't he? His response was, <laughs> I, I think five words. Bears. Yeah, we're focused on the Bears. I yeah. think it was, okay. yeah. So for um, all of those who thought that this was like an, uh, an offense of the highest nature, the guy who was supposedly offended couldn't bother to even respond, that he is kind of staying focused <laughs> on the task at hand, which is yeah. winning this week against Chicago. Yeah, I think it's ironic. I, I was telling Tone on our football 24-7 yesterday, I think, you know, Micah pro probably pissed off the Cowboy fans, too, because he talks so glowingly about the Eagles. I, I think it, I think the whole thing is comical. I really do at this point. I watched it again. I said, all right, what am I missing? So Same I went here. back and I watched it again. No, I'm not missing anything. It's ludicrous. It's a, it's nothing. Um, he, he, as I said, the people in Dallas are probably upset at him for, for speaking so glowingly uh, about the Eagles as he should, by the way. Uh, Jordan Mylotta probably gave the better answer. Uh, at least for people that wanted it, he he went the same direction as Jalen. We're focused on the, on the Bears, and he, but he did say Micah should focus on on who he's playing. And he said, "I don't know who the fuck they're playing, but he should focus on that." Um, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, funny. they're kind of playing Dougie P and the Jags this yeah. week, which I think uh, could be an interesting game. The same way I think the Bears. Well, they're better than Houston. I'll say that. Right. Uh, this past week and i saw someone write a, a an interesting take on this and it rang true to me uh because you know that i made a wager previous this year that von miller uh, whose podcast michael parsons made the uh, comment on uh has got a future as a member of the media because he kind of set michael parsons up for that what he was saying led to michael parsons saying what he said which ticked everybody off I think that it was more than a Jalen Hurts thing. It was a quarterback thing. I told you 10 weeks ago, whenever it was, like three weeks into the season, uh, somewhere thereabouts, I was checking out the odds for the MVP. And Micah Parsons was on the list. And he'd gotten off to this great start, gotten a bunch of sacks. I said, 500 to 1? What the hell? Let me throw 500 bucks on Michael Pine just in case he has this unbelievable season and the Cowboys are this good and they somehow thwart the Eagles. At least I'll score 2,500 bucks for five bucks. Uh, so let me just kind of cover my backside here. And I did. I threw five bucks on Michael Parsons as the MVP of the NBA, uh, of the NFL at 500 to one. And I think Michael Parsons thinks of himself as the MVP. 
because there are betting markets where you can bet on him. Everything, everybody else is a quarterback. I think it was more a quarterback thing. If you'd ask them about Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes or Tua Tungai Valoa, I guarantee you would have said something similar to what he said about Jalen Hurts. It's a team game. Well, it's a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a teammates. I think in general there's a frustration with positional players that they don't get the credit that uh, quarterbacks uh, get. And they don't. And, you know, too many people boil it down to quarterback versus quarterback. And they'll, you'll, you'll hear it all the time. Well, you're not beating Peyton Manning. You're not beating uh, uh, Tom Brady. Well, maybe not. But maybe maybe back in the day, you know, some Miami could have a big week and beat Indianapolis or, or – um, your Jets could have a big week and, and, and beat New England. It's not quarterback versus quarterback. So there's definitely um, some of that uh, amongst positional players. Now it's generally geared outward. You know, you love your own quarterback, especially when he's playing at an MVP level, um, like the like Jalen Hurts is. But, yeah, I mean, the Eagles have a lot of good players, man. A lot of good players. And that's not an insult to Jalen Hurts. I don't know why people think that's an insult to Jalen Hurts. Exactly. It's not like Jalen Hurts is going to be upset if you tell him he's got a lot of good players. In fact, he loves it. He, he'd rather talk about them than himself. It's bizarre to me. I, it, it, the ironic thing is if, if Micah said, oh, Jalen Hurts is carrying that team. People would have been pissed off too. Right. They would have said, What he's, about Lane he's Johnson? What about AJ Jason? Brown yeah. and AJ the defense? Brown. Is he not yeah. noticing how good our defense is? You answer the question. You're going to, someone can in their own mind spin it any exactly. way they want to say that it's disrespectful. And that's what I said yesterday. That's the problem. If I were Mike McCarthy, and he can't, these are grown men, but if, I, I were I would try to steer guys away from this stuff because I said it yesterday on the show. You can't control other people's perceptions. And you're you're certainly when it's cowboys versus eagles, you're certainly not going to get positive feedback for any as I said, if he went the other direction and, and gave Jalen all the credit, they would have been angry about yep. The disrespect to Lane Johnson. They would Lane Johnson shut Michael Parsons down. That's where you would have been, Jody. That's where you would have been. It and is. that's why I, I think Jalen's way and Jordan's way yesterday about, you know, we're focused on the Bears. We essentially don't give a you know what. Um, that's the way to go. Absolutely. Because you can't control other people's perceptions. And the perception should be that. They're the best team in the National Football League. Jalen Hurts is right now the leader for the MVP. And there's a comma in there, not a period, just a comma. And the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. And the reason why the Eagles are 12 and 1, even more so than the MVP performance that Jalen Hurts is giving, is because the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. We talked about this a lot uh, prior to the season. And funny, most times it was in respect to the Dallas Cowboys, um, that if you looked at the Cowboys and the Eagles, player one through 44, 45-man roster on game day, Johnny Mac? 
Uh, 46, might be, uh, they change it, 47. 47, uh, okay, 47. so 1 through 46, we thought the Eagles were better than the Cowboys. We thought yes. the Eagles had a better roster. But that 47th spot, you had a Dak Prescott who had accumulated a career, more so than Jalen Hurts at this point, that that might be a place where before the season started, you said, all right, the Cowboys have an advantage at quarterback. Damn, it's that changed in 13 weeks. <laughs> Unbelievable. But that's what I said. You said even most Eagle fans before the season started yeah. had to agree that that was the case. Well, the, the gap between the Cowboys and the Eagles on the 1 through 46 has grown even more. And then, oh, by the way, 47 is now advantage Philadelphia over Dallas. And we didn't see it coming. But it all started with, the Eagles were better one through 46. Oh yeah. But they had a better team yeah. than the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Did. And, and, you know, I said that pretty early in the process uh, when it became clear that, you know, Dallas is very top heavy. I said, you know, they have some uh, really good players at, at the top of their roster. Michael Parsons probably being number one, uh, you know, he's, he's not the best defensive player in the game. He's, he's right there with, Aaron Donald or Joey uh, 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 Nick Bosa. He's a pick a Bosa. Um, but yeah, Nick more. Nick's probably going to be defense player of the year. Um, yeah, I mean, the Eagles are deeper. The Eagles are, are, are more well-rounded. Um, and that's shown. Uh, and now they have a better quarterback. And I don't know how many people thought that part of the equation uh, was going to happen. Um, they can say it now, but you know, I nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw this leap coming from Jalen Hurts, and that's not an insult. It's yeah, you're a, being disrespectful, John. You better. Yeah, be careful. Well, I know. I get up being disrespectful. I built my platform on hating Jalen Hurts. That's what I got this week. I got. I you know these people. It, watch the press conference. You know, Jalen and I have a, a good relationship because he thinks a bear. Um, you know, he's, he's short a lot, but when I ask questions, he'll answer questions, not he'll, he'll, he'll give me something, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts isn't ever going to be away from the Nick Saban, but he, but he generally doesn't give me the two or three word answers that sometimes he shuts people down with. Um, he's got no problem with constructive criticism. Constructive criticism is not hate. Um, Giving your honest opinion on something is not hate. Um, the guy who I'm hating doesn't have a problem with me. There are a lot of fans who have a problem with me because I wouldn't kowtow to, oh, he's great because he's wearing an Eagles jersey, which is basically what they're doing. It doesn't matter who's playing. They're going to say the next guy's great, and hopefully Jalen's here for 10 years and uh, has many Pro Bowls and has multiple Super Bowls. Hopefully that all happens. But whomever the next guy is, Joe, they're going to say he's great right off the bat until yeah. they start hating on him. One of um, which was Dan Orlovsky from ESPN, who forever was a Carson Wentz apologist, but he has artfully dodged the rest of Carson's career and moved on to Jalen Hurts is showing the most improvement ever in the history of a quarterback. And well, you want to know somebody's way, right. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, Dan can depend himself, but I, I think a lot of people in this town thought Carson Wentz was the stinking answer in 2017. 
I know the Eagles thought it for damn sure. Right. But um, at, at some point, you had to move off it. And Orlovsky no, never that, did. That, that's the point. That's the the people you should focus on. The people who can't say uh, they were wrong. I thought Jalen had a ceiling uh, that was much lower than what he's playing now. I freely admit it. I'm wrong. I, I got no problem right. admitting here. I was wrong. Um, the, the, the people that still say today that he's not capable of doing this and you know what drives me crazy is uh, so and so can't win a super bowl trent dilper won a damn super bowl uh jeff hostetler won a super bowl nick Bowles won a super bowl to get eagles fans really upset don't give me lamar jackson can't win a super bowl don't give me jalen hurts can't win a super bowl because they're dual threat quarterbacks or even justin fields down the road you know as more of these guys come into the NFL and everybody's looking for them, right? Then the, then the math simply changes and, and you're going to get to a point where there's, there's 25 dual threat quarterbacks and there's seven pocket quarterbacks. And guess what? Then, then the pocket quarterbacks are in trouble just from a math standpoint. So, you know, that, that bothers me as well. Um, It's a team game. It's a team game, and that goes back to our original point with Micah Parsons, which is what he's trying to say. It's a team game. It's a team game, and they have a great team, which includes the quarterback. Agreed. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we talked plenty about Micah Parsons, and I'll get uh, John Stoneless's take of Leading Green Nation. He's going to join us coming up in a uh, couple of minutes. But one quickie before we get to uh, John. Yesterday, you said you mentioned uh, Dallas Goddard back in the locker room out there on the practice field. We knew it was happening. The Eagles activated his 21-day practice window. Um, we expect him to be activated for the game. We know how good Goddard is. We know the Eagle offense can only get better with the addition of him. Or is there any chance that uh, I think of it more of an NBA sake than it does an NFL sake that re-adding a guy onto a roster, trying to incorporate into what you're doing in life. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. Sometimes it takes getting back into the flow. Any worry about that with Goddard being reinserted into the Eagle lineup this week? No, I mean, there's always, you know, maybe a little bit of rust, but same with Avante Maddox this week, you know, uh, no, I mean, he's too talented. You, you put him in there and, you play through the rust and they'll, they'll figure it out pretty quickly. I mean, you know, the speed of the game is real. You can't replicate it certainly in walkthroughs and practice. And um, when you're off for a month, there might be a little adjustment period, but you know, they're playing the bears. They'll get over it quickly and he'll be a big part of the offense. And uh, he'll, I expect him to be activated Saturday. Same thing as last week with Avante and he'll play and he'll play his typical workload. Um, and, you know, that's the way it should work. He's cleared. He's one of your best players. You put him on the field. They're playing the Bears. That was disrespectful, John. That I was. I just that, got, that, that, that's correct. That was just oh, I'm being disrespectful. disrespectful. I, I, I am being disrespectful for the Bears. They are an awful football team who doesn't seem to have a plan. That's that's the worst part of it. They don't seem to have a plan. They've a 
a really talented young quarterback, and you know I've been talking about this, Jody, since the start of the season. Forget about the talent they put around him. I mean, that's that's egregious. That's one part of it. Uh, but if you're rebuilding, you want to buy into the sort of the Sam Hickey mentality and strip it down and build it back up. All right, um, I'll 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 pay lip service to that. But then they bring in an offense that doesn't take advantage of what the kid does early in the season. He looks awful. And then they kind of throw it out and say, all right, we got nothing. Just run around like a knucklehead. And by the way, he does it, and he does it effectively. They're not helping him, as opposed to what you see here with Jalen Hurts. You know, the Eagles coaching staff's a big part of it as well. Yeah, but didn't Nick Sirianni yesterday say Matty Berflus is a – dynamite coach that he grew up in the cult system with. He respected Man, well, he's also so you're showing disrespect coach. to a guy that the head coach showed plenty of respect to yesterday, McMullen. There, he's also a defensive coach, you know. He's the head coach. Well, he don't do it like Nick. He doesn't, you know. See, you know me and CEO coaches. I asked Nick about that yesterday. That's the way to go. The Eagles are the template. For the NFL, I was gonna. That was a question I was gonna ask it later in the show. We'll get to it. Uh, but next to uh, next up, we're gonna get to John Stolnes, contributor of Bleeding Green Nation, hopping aboard with us here on Birds Three Sixty Five. So stick around. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game now streaming on the Six ABC Family of Apps. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. 
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Thursday edition of Birds 365 as we make our way that much closer to week 15 and a Bears-Eagles showdown. Well, the host of Eye on the Enemy podcast, Eagle podcast and contributor from Bleeding Green Nation is jumping in with us. John Stolness been with us before. I am Birds 365. Looking forward to talking to him today. Eye on the Enemy podcast. This week is that the Bears or Micah Parsons? <laughs> uh, we're going to focus on the Bears uh, on the podcast this You're week. You're the only yeah. one, John. Well done. <laughs> well done. Well, you know, somebody's got to do it. You need people on that wall every once in a while. I mean, and listen, you saw what you saw with the Cowboys last week, what the Texans did, putting a scare into them. So I don't think there's any way the Eagles lose this game. But, you know, I hope the players aren't looking past the game. That's all. And they've done a good job, actually. Jalen handled it really well. Jordan uh, probably got people excited. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who the F the Cowboys play, but they should better they should better focus on them. Um, What did you think of the comments, though, on Micah Parsons before we focus on the Bears? Did you find them disrespectful? Jody and I did not, but I, I, you know, I'm interested in people and their views and their perceptions. Yeah, I don't think he's necessarily saying Jason, Jalen Hurts is a, you know, a substandard player or that he isn't having a, an MVP type season or a great season. I think anytime you look at a guy like Jalen Hurts, who's had the kind of success that he's had this year and the kind of the kind of improvement that he's shown this year. And you also look at the fact that they added A.J. Brown and that the defense is certainly much better than it was a year ago. I think it's fair to wonder how much of the improvement of Jalen Hurts is pure Jalen and how much is the talent around him. And I, I think there is a lot to be said for swapping out Jalen Rager for AJ Brown. I mean, that is a substantial upgrade. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> you know, that's, that's going to help. But I think you, you also, if you just look at the throws that Jalen Hurts is making, uh, that the improvement in his decision-making, I mean, last, last week against the, the giant, some of those giants blitzes with some of the anticipation throws that he was making standing in the pocket against free rushers. That's just not something he did last year. And so those are the kind of kinds of improvements that you can see that don't necessarily reflect. They're not because of the talent around him. But I will say you play with a lot more confidence when you play with better players. And I think that's that's fed into Hertz's improvement. And so I wasn't it's certainly you can spin it into bulletin board material. I hope Eagles players are doing that. But I don't necessarily think Parsons was trying to take a shot or anything. Yeah, it's uh, one of the most talked about things in Philadelphia. Yeah. And it, 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 I'll tell you why it annoys me more than anything else. The Eagles are 12 and one. A comment by a player, as good as he is, and he's a legit defensive player to your candidate. Um, and yes, we know he's in the offing just nine days away. In the middle of a season where the Eagles are having a historically good year, we're focusing so much attention on something that somebody said 
that is pretty damn irrelevant that I, I'm sorry. It just, it bothers me and maybe I'm a little thin skinned, but uh, let, let, let's move on to the bears. How many games in a row have they lost six or seven or somewhere thereabouts? Yeah. Uh, like been a while since they figured out a way. A lot to of close game. games though. That's the narrative this week from the Eagles. They play a lot of close games. You got to watch them. They, well, when Justin Fields plays, they play close games. And, oh, by mm-hmm. the way, he wasn't in practice yesterday. He was sick. No, who's mm-hmm. sick, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's something to watch for sure. I, I think with the Bears, you guys said it right before we came on. They don't have an identity. They don't really know what they want to be. Uh, they don't have an offensive system in place that plays to Justin Fields' strengths. I mean, they should be doing very similar things to what the Eagles are doing right now. You know, a lot of RPO, a lot of uh, a lot of designed runs for Fields. And I, I mean, there's, they're obviously allowing him to create more with his feet over the last couple of months. And they've been more competitive since then. But uh you know, the Eagles defense has shut everybody down the last couple of weeks. Um, I just don't I don't see how the Bears and Justin Fields move the football unless the Eagles are shooting themselves in the foot you know, offensively and defensively, giving the, the Bears offense short fields with turnovers or uh, spe- a special couple special teams lapses that gives the Bears the ball on the on the Eagles 40, a couple of possessions. Um, they just have not been able to find any kind of offensive cohesion that works and i think they have a quarterback in place that they can build around it's one of those situations where maybe you're just trying to get through this season with what you have with you know the the, the playbook that you have and then this offseason you can scrap it you can get everybody on the same page maybe you make some coaching changes to bring people in who can work with a running quarterback like justin fields and use all of his abilities but you spend this offseason starting from ground zero, you know, wiping everything off the table and starting fresh. But for this week, you can't do that. You just kind of have to keep plugging away. And I don't see how the bears keep up. Um, You know, the one thing I guess that concerns me a little bit is I've been talking all year. It's, it's really difficult to game plan for the Eagles because of the plus one aspect that Jalen hurts offers from the running game perspective. Now, mm-hmm. You can find that with all the talent. As we said, it becomes even more difficult for an opposing defensive coordinator. Eagles are going to get at least a little taste of their own medicine with that, with Beals, and even to a higher degree. Disrespect alert, so get ready. Justin Fields is a better runner than Jalen Hurts. Justin Fields is an unbelievable runner. I never thought I'd put somebody in the category of Lamar Jackson, he's right there. Hmm. Um, He just set the NFL record, um, regular season record for rushing yards in the game. He's difficult to deal with um, from a running perspective. Can you practice for that? I mean, the Eagles have a quarterback, but you see it. You see it. The Eagles have a quarterback. They practice against him every day. But I, I always compare Jody knows this playing Navy in, 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 in college. Like opposing coaches hate playing Navy, not because they're good, because they drive you crazy, because nobody else plays the way they play. Not many teams play the way Chicago plays, and just it's sort of Randall Cunningham ish, John. Yeah. Where back in the Buddy Ryan days, where we got nothing, just go right. make a play. That does the lack of organization make it? in a weird way, more difficult. 
it it probably does to a degree. I mean, coaches like to know what they're going to go up against. But I think with Justin Fields and, and his running ability, uh, the reason Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts and other guys who have had success as running quarterbacks is that they were able to develop their skills as a passer, too. And so you can, you know, Fields doesn't have really anybody to throw to on the outside. Uh, they don't really have a functioning running game outside of Fields to, to, to lean on. So when that's when that's your only when that's your only card that you can play, you, you can say, OK, Justin, you can run for 100 yards against us. But if you're passing for 100 yards and none of your running backs are getting more than 25, 30 yards today, you're still going to win that game. And so I think as as unpredictable maybe as Justin Fields and the Bears offense has been over these last few weeks, they still haven't been winning football games. And yeah. the Eagles are a much better team than any of the teams the Bears have played over these last few weeks. So uh, there'll probably be some plays that make you pull your hair out. They'll, he'll probably convert a third and 15. And, you know, he'll he'll probably have a, a series or two where he does some damage on the ground. But uh, he's got to be able to pass the ball in order to sustain, you know, a high number of points every week. And I just don't think he can do that this week. All right, John, the Eagles' safety position across from uh, Mr. Epps. Mm -hmm. Before the season started, people were worried. Uh, we're not good enough the other safety position. And all of a sudden, Howie Roseman makes a trade and adds a starting safety. Not a starting safety, a guy who leads the league in interceptions right. safety. And everybody is happy as all get out. And then he gets hurt. Uh-oh, we got to go with Reed Blankage, undrafted, free agent. Is he going to really commit? And he gets a couple of games under his belt, makes plays. We go, holy mackerel, another Howie Roseman find out of nowhere. Reed Blankenship, we're good. Uh-oh, he goes down. So now it's Anthony Harris back to the rescue, mm -hmm. a guy who was here. And I almost forgot that he was here for all the preseason. They didn't cut him till last cut. Right. It seems like he's been gone forever. In actuality, he's only got a couple of months. Is it just plug and play? Is the Eagle defense that good? Is Gannon got this in place that you can throw anybody at safety and they're going to perform above and beyond expectations? You know, it's interesting when you, I think to a degree, yeah, uh, because you, you've got three, you've got three cornerbacks that you just don't need to worry about as far as pass coverage. And that is a that's a real um, blessing when you're when when you're safety and, and your job is to kind of take deep middle or whatever it is, you know, Gannon has dialed up for that particular week. Uh, I he didn't play when, with Denver this uh, this year. Harris played only on special teams. He didn't play in, in their defensive system at all. So um, I don't know that you're going to get out there and throw him into you know, 95% of the snaps or, or whatever it is. But I think they absolutely want to limit the amount of time Kayvon Wallace is on the field. Uh, I think that's smart. So I do think we're going to see a heavy dose of Anthony Harris. I think he'll probably be in the starting lineup. And the fact that he was with this team last year and he was with them in training camp, and we all expected him to be the other starter this year uh, with this team the, the whole season. He knows the system. He knows Jonathan Gannon. Uh, there's not a, a learning curve there. I think it's just a matter of, you know, he's in good football shape. He was with the Broncos. It's not like no. he was, you know, rehabbing an injury or something like that, but he hasn't played on defense really this year. So it's just a matter of how many snaps they think uh, he can take and, and, and be effective, but they're going to play him. I think as much as they can play him this Sunday. All right. Well, let's get in the weeds from a roster perspective, John, if they're going to start Anthony Harris, does that mean who are they going to sit? Because, Dallas Goddard is going to be activated. They have an open roster spot. That's going to Dallas. They have to elevate Brett Kern because they need a punter, even mm -hmm. though they not, might not punt. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. You know, they go for it. 
so much on fourth down. They're so effective offensively, but you need a punter. Yeah. So he's got to be one of the elevations. Anthony Harris in 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 your um, scenario would be the other elevation. Does that mean you can't? You it does mean you can't elevate Christian Ellis, who has been a godsend on special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? Do you wait for Anthony Harris until Dallas? Because this is why I throw it out to you. K Bond is good in run support, not a good pass covered safety. Um, Anthony Harris is more pass coverage than run support. Chicago runs the football with the quarterback and the running game. They're not going to scare you throwing it. Do you play that little game and wait mm-hmm. for Dallas before you see Anthony Harris? You know, I think you, I don't think you do that. I think you play Anthony Harris. I, I think with Dallas Goddard coming back, did did they have three tight ends active last week? Was Tyree Jackson active last week? Because um, if Tyree uh, Jackson remember. is still, you... yeah, Jackson played. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, so... he's not going to be active. I mean, Tyree's not going to be active. Right. They could wait. Right. So you drop one of the tight ends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you drop one of the tight ends, whatever it is. Um, in, but you got to get him make some room there. Do the Eagles want to play right, that game right. and try to get uh, Tyree Jackson through waivers? You know, there's a lot of players. Trey Sermon, yeah, um, right. who's never active on game. Ian Book, who's never – you can put the quarterback on the practice squad. But you risk all these players. If you do that, you got to get them through waivers. So the question yeah. is, um, do you want to play that game? Personally, I think Christian Ellis belongs on the 53. So they should cut anybody. Yeah. You know, he's been so good on special teams. I can't imagine that they're not going to keep playing him the rest of the season. Yeah, I would keep I, I would the special teams were a real problem and he has been a big help. I, I I would be more comfortable keeping him and risking losing a guy like Tyree Jackson uh, on waivers. I mean, Dallas Goddard was out these last four weeks, and frankly, Calcaterra and Jack Stoll were far more useful than, than Tyree Jackson was. And I know Jackson, they like him. They, they think he might have a future there, but you've got Dallas Goddard here for forever. Uh, I, I just, uh, that's kind of the direction I think I would go is, is, is lose one of the, lose whoever your fourth, whoever the, the team believes is their fourth tight end. Um, I, I don't know that teams are going to be clamoring to get themselves a Tyree Jackson at this point in the season. You know who I would expose? Ian Book, yeah, I, I, yeah. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, to be true yeah. with you. If you <laughs> put a lineup in front of me, Eagles third-string quarterback, I guess that one of the you guys... You don't remember I, him from uh, Notre Dame? He played a lot of high-profile games he, at Notre he had, Dame. He had a helmet on whenever I saw I could You'd take the helmet <laughs> off that guy. I could... It, uh, Ian Book... Oh, no, that's John Stolness. I'm telling that's you, right. I could... I could incorrectly identify Ian Book. I have no idea what the guy looks like um, and the way that he plays also. That adds into it. Yeah. I uh, NFC game this week. Bears are a bad team, admittedly. The standings say so. The numbers say so. Everything says so. Um, but there are certain reasons why people are looking ahead to the Cowboys. Um, the Eagles have said all the right things. But are they thinking all the right things? Certainly, we brought this up before. We haven't got to this week. The look-ahead game of the year is mm-hmm. the Chicago game because it's the Giants before, the Cowboys after, on the road. There are a lot of elements mm-hmm. that point to this game as a trap game, look-ahead game, call it whatever you want. I know you understand the point yeah. I'm trying to make. Should Eagle fans, should anybody have any fear about that? Or is it just... 
Jody, the Eagles are the best team in the NFL, and the Bears are one of the worst teams in the NFL. E- even if they are not 100% focused, doesn't matter. Talent's right. going to will out, and the Eagles are going to win this game handily. How do you look yeah, at it? It could be that Eagles fans, knowing what happened with the Cowboys last week against the Texans, knowing that Sure, on any given Sunday, that could happen to you. You could be looking past a game, and or you just might not have your A game that day. Uh, I, I've, I do believe in trap games. I do think they're a real thing. I know there are a lot of people who don't believe in that. But with Jalen Hurts and this team, they've, they've proven to be almost impervious to trap games. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time the Eagles fell victim to, to one of those. I mean, could you argue? I don't think, I don't think the loss that they suffered this year to the commanders is, was necessarily a trap mm-hmm. game. They just suffered a lot of bad luck in that game. And uh, they, the commanders had a great game plan that they were, that they took too long to adjust to. Um, so I don't, necessarily think this is a trap game i don't i'm not worried i think when your team is 12 and 1 and you look like you have one of the best if not the best eagles team in front of you in franchise history and i would argue if the eagles regular season continues this way and they go on to win a super bowl you're looking at one of the great NFL teams of all time, given their dominance and and what their record could end up being. And so we're still a long ways away from something like that. But if this season is trending in that direction, I just, I don't see, I don't see a letdown game coming this Sunday. And I'll tell you something. I think if the Eagles have a, a, a letdown game going into Chicago, I think the same could very much be said for the opportunity for the Cowboys to have a letdown game. I know coming off of Houston, they may not be resting on their laurels as, as much as maybe the Eagles would be, but they're going into Jacksonville this weekend to play a Jaguars team. That's playing really, really well right now. And that's, you're going on the road and, and they probably are looking ahead to this Eagles matchup uh, on, on Christmas Eve. If the Eagles have a trap game on Sunday, then I think the Cowboys have just as much of a trap game on Sunday themselves against the Jaguars and Jacksonville. I think it's more likely they lose that game than the Eagles lose in Chicago. By the way, the, the the head coach believes in trap games. He 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 told me they are real. Um, um, and the Eagles have already had some trap games, but they're so talented they've been able to overcome them. Houston was they didn't play well in Houston on a short week in a a big trip. Arizona, Indianapolis, they didn't play well in those games, but they were good enough to overcome it. And win. I think they might have this is the ultimate trap game this season. Mm-hmm. Um because of Dallas on Christmas Eve, how bad Chicago is. This is it. This is the ultimate trap game. But they're just gonna out talent them. Yeah. I mean, I, I that's kind of the way it's gone for this team this season. But I think you're right, John. Also the players, and it starts with Jalen Hurts. They've been very good at trying to avoid it. But there's that I always talk about the human nature aspect. I mean, it is what it is. You go, yeah. you're 12 and one playing a disaster of a team. It's kind of hard to have the same oomph as if you're playing another good team. Yeah. And again, I think it speaks to the talent level and and where this team is. Is this the most talented team in football from top to bottom? Yes, I think so. Um I mean, there's the, the chiefs are very good. The bills are very good. The 49ers are very good. I still, you know, there's still a lot of questions about their quarterback, but he looked really good last week. Um, I think top to bottom though, this roster, there weren't many question marks about this roster as the season began. The biggest question mark on this team was the quarterback. 
the quarterback has shown to be the franchise guy and way better than any of us could have ever expected him to be. So, yeah, I think you're there. We've talked about it. I know Eagles fans have talked about it. Where is the weakness on this team? As there's a weakness whenever you have injuries at one spot. And so for sure, safety right now appears to be the, the one area of weakness on this team. But offensively, they do everything well. If you take something away, they have two other things that they can reach up and grab. And it's just a matter of how quickly they're able to adjust in game. Defensively, uh, they're able to just put their cornerbacks. They have the best cornerback trio in football right now. The defensive line is playing at a level we haven't seen since Jim, Jim Johnson's best days with, with those mid 2000 teams. I mean, it's just, I, I don't, unless the Eagles come out and make uncharacteristic mistakes like they did against Washington, they're, they're not losing. And, and it really doesn't matter who they play. They're just, they're just not going to lose. I do think they're the most <laughs> talented team in the NFL. And it, it, I think the reason Eagles fans are, are looking for, or maybe not looking for, but overly cautious about a letdown game or a trap game is because we're not used to seeing this from an Eagles team. I we're, know. It's I mean, a- even in 2004, you had the Patriots in the AFC, and you could argue, you know, how, how good are the Eagles really? And they had all those NFC championship games they lost and all that. The Buddy Ryan days, there was always something going on. Their quarterback had holes. But this team just doesn't look like they have any flaws, and that's really yeah, weird. Amazing, you know. Real quick, funny story: uh, Nick Sirianni was wearing uh, Jason Kelsey's new underdog gear yesterday, <laughs> the sweatshirt and the hat, and he was coming off the podium. And I said, "What? Why are you wearing that? You're never the underdog." <laughs> <laughs> They're just not used yeah. to it. Yeah. It's it's amazing, yeah. and. You know, if it works, I always say, if it works, use it. But, you know, they try to keep this this sort of shell of underdog, underdog, underdog. They're not the underdog. No. They're the best team. Yeah, but uh, just let me add this to the mix. This will annoy Eagle fans, but like facts heard from time to time. Some betting outlets, some don't, some do. Some betting outlets put out in, adla- in advance lines. The line is out for the Eagles and the Cowboys. Oh boy! The Cowboys, oh boy. Are, the Cowboys are a one-point favorite. Uh, so if if Sirianni wants to wear the underdog thing, you can put it on Sunday night coming back on the plane because you will officially have got. But you by know, the you know, as a long time and, and and you have the expertise on on betting, that actually that line says the Eagles are the better team. Because yeah. you get three points traditionally right. for being the home team. So the underdog essentially, is the underdog, John. Yeah, you, but you essentially, can, you can do your own factoring in as to why you get to a certain number. Well, I'm not making one it up. One team's though. a favorite, and one team's an underdog. It's pretty simple. You're one or the other, unless it's a pick 'em game, and the Cowboys are a one point favorite over the Eagles. For, for one week in a year through, they're going to go 18 weeks um, and be the underdog once. Yes. That's not an that, overall. That's, that's the week. That's the week you put the hat on. You put the yeah. sweatshirt on. Well, you make anything to fit your narrative. Out of the yeah. Week you are an actual yeah. underdog. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you and make anything way, to fit your narrative. On what yeah. happens this week? Because it is an advanced line. Oh, that could change by the time right. we get the kickoff. Oh yeah. Eagles go out and beat the Bears forty-two to six. Cowboys either lose or sneak by the Jaguars like they did the Texans this week, and you may see the Eagles as a favorite anyway. Like I said. It's an in advance line. All right. I want to talk to you about something in advance, Mr. Stallness, because okay. we've already started the conversation and man, it's going to get heated. 
Eagles beat the Bears this week with talent, whatever, bye-bye. They play the Cowboys. The Eagles find a way to win. They blow them out. They're unbelievable. Uh, greatest team ever, as John Stolnitz just said, one of the greatest teams in the history of the National Football League, depending on how it goes. But how are you going to factor in those two JV losses at the end of the season? When the coach decides, the organization decides, uh, I apologize, it's not the coach, it's the entire organization, yeah. preserving health much more important than us establishing ourselves as one of the greatest teams of all time. We saw how the JV did last year against the Cowboys in week number 18. Not good. Are there going to be any debate? Are we going to be screaming and yelling about how can they sit those guys? Because, again, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings. They went to the JV look last year to preserve health and everything else. And then they played the Bucks, and it was 31 to nothing before you blinked. Yeah. So if there was supposed to be a benefit from last year of not playing your starters the last game of the season, it didn't manifest itself on the field come postseason time. Right. How big a discussion is this going to be? Because I think we're looking at two weeks. I think yeah. the Eagles are going to have everything locked up with not one week, two weeks to play. How much are we going to be debating this? Yeah, and I, I think it's going to be a, a big debate among among the fan base. And I would certainly... I, I would love to see 16 and one. I mean, there's been one other team in NFL history that won 16 regular season games. Um, that Patriots team that went 16 and 0. Think about, I, I, I know this team's ultimate goal is winning a Super Bowl, and that's the right thing. You win a Super Bowl, your, your flags fly forever. 2017, you know, we, we, we all still live off of that. You know, thank goodness for YouTube. Anytime we want, we can pop in some highlights. But uh, I, I would love to see them make if they win these next two games and, and they get to 14 and one and they lock up the number one seed i still think there is some value in in playing your starters a little bit whether it's a series a quarter um to, to keep them to keep them fresh uh and to maybe give yourself a shot at 16 and one i mean to, to be able to author a special season it'll be special if they win a super bowl and so i gotta have to i, I get, trying to remember that but this feels like an opportunity to have like a 1991 Washington football team type season, you know, that, that season with Rippin and those guys running through the regular season. And that team lost two games. They lost their last game of the season against the Eagles at veteran stadium. And they're still, because of the blitz that they went on in the playoffs, they're still widely regarded as, as one of those great NFL teams of all time, like a top 10 NFL team at all time. That's in front of this Eagles team. If they, if they can do this. And I think I, I that would be really special. I, I would hate to see them miss that opportunity but I wouldn't have I, I I couldn't argue with the coaching staff if they decided to just sit everyone those last two weeks because again, last year this is it's a different team than last year. That team that lost to the Buccaneers last year probably loses the very same way even if they played their starters in that final week of the season. So um, I, I I would I understand the idea of resting them. I still would love to see sixteen and one if they get to fourteen and one. Yeah, uh, well, and one thing I I think people don't factor in. Um, John is, you know, the preseason environment. Now, you, you you have 90 players throughout the preseason, then you cut down to 85, and you have all these bodies that you can play. Yeah, you you only have the game day roster 46, right. 47. Somebody's got to play. And even last year, remember, COVID was, you know, the NFL declared it over, but it was still a thing. And I think the Eagles placed 12 players. 
on the COVID list before that game. Yes. So they got to elevate everybody from the press. You can't do that this year. Yeah. True. So it, it's it, you got to play somebody. Yeah. So to me, it's more of a targeted thing. Do you rest Jalen Hurts? Do you rest AJ Brown? Do guys got to play. Yeah. There's only so many bodies they have to play, and you can pull them uh, at halftime or whatever and try to get through a game. Um, but the numbers make it almost difficult to just completely, completely shut down. Right. I think that's true. And, you know, the Devonte Smith, you know, has to play or some point. I mean, you can't make Quez Watkins your one and try to fill out the rest of your receiver group with guys under Quez Watkins. I mean, you can have a Watkins Pascal game and go three tight ends all day. Yeah. You know, I don't know that that's, that's not a good look necessarily. And the NFL, especially because they're probably going to be playing teams that are fighting for a postseason spot. I'm blanking on who their last, they, I know they play the giants in the final week of the season. Um, and I'm blanking on who their second Saints to last team is. Uh, Saints. The Saints. Yeah. So you got uh, that. And that's the other thing to factor in that Saints pick, you know, if you beat yeah. the Saints, you want to win draft that game. position. Yeah. They, they want to win, win that game. So yeah. I, I think it'll be some combination. Like you said, they can't do what they did last year. Well, all right. Uh, I'm going to ask you to look into the crystal ball here and it'll seem kind of far afield, but I think it's important. In 2023 NFL season, Miles Sanders will be carrying the football for what team? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's well, he's emerged as a really important person in this offense. I think. Could they franchise tag him? I, they haven't. I can't remember the last time the Eagles franchised someone. And I don't know they want to pay that much to a running back. He's going to make a lot of money. I think the number is actually still pretty big. Yeah. A guy like Christian McCaffrey runs the average number up. Yeah, there's certain guys that ruin the number. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. There's some guys who got paid big money, so they kind of ruin the number. I mean, you don't have, outside of your first round pick, you've traded away a number of your draft picks here in the 23 draft. So you can't really get a rookie running back and you're not going to spend your first round pick on a, on a running back. I don't think they feel like they can just hand the keys over to Kenny Gainwell to be your miles guy. Now I I haven't looked at who's available in free agency, so I don't know those names off the top of my head. Starts with Josh Jacobs. That might actually help uh, the Eagles and miles because there are a lot of good running backs set to be free agents. And, you know, as good as miles has been, I think it starts with Jacobs and, Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody's getting big money, it probably starts with him. Um, but we'll see how that shakes out. Um, last one for me, John Apollo, John at John Stolness on Twitter, uh, bleedinggreen.com. Read them there. I on the enemy podcast and the good fight. I always jump that yeah. in for the Phillies. Uh, give a little, little Phillies love, hot stove love. Yeah. Um, Jody said, where's Miles Sanders going to be playing next year? Where's Shane Steichen going to be coaching next year? Because it isn't here. No. Well, I mean, you look at Chicago. He he could be playing the team. Oh, Matt he... Matt Everflus, one and done. Yeah. yeah. Let's well, I mean, on. if you have an opportunity to get an offensive-minded head coach with to... a quarterback, that's the way they should have went to begin with. It is. It is. Yeah. It was. It was galaxy brain stupid what they yeah. did, uh, bringing him in with that with that young quarterback. Um, that just makes you basically you, I think you want to use Shane Steichen's perfect uh, spot would be 
uh, a team that has a, a, a good young quarterback that you can build around. Um, and I think Chicago has the possibility for that with Justin Fields. I think we've seen that. I'm going to throw one out to you, John. What please. about what about Denver? Because Nathaniel Hackett's gone. Yeah. Now they have Russell Wilson, a veteran quarterback, but I think Shane's proven he will morph to what he has. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that would be a nice landing spot for him. Yeah, I could see that because Denver, they have enough talent elsewhere, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to win football games, to be a competitive team in a division that's not as good as I think we thought it was it was going to be. Now you got the you got the Chargers and the Chiefs, and you've got those two quarterbacks out there. They're always going to be tough, but. Denver can Denver can be a playoff team out there. They they can be a, a contender in the AFC West if if they can get their act together. So I think that, I think that could be a very and Denver has always been an attractive place for coaches to go. Um, it's always been a great organization. They usually they have a winning culture there, uh, and like you said, they have Russell Wilson for a long time. So there's some st- certainty at quarterback. So I, I think that could very easily work. Yeah. All right, I'll make both of you guys Shane Steichen for the minute, and you got to make a call. Here are your two choices. You can either be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sons Tom Brady, and you got to figure out who the hell your next quarterback is, or he aces out Jonathan Gannon and gets the Houston Texans gig, mm. and you know who your next quarterback's going to be. It's either going to be uh, Young or it's going to be Stroud. You're taking your next quarterback number one in the NFL draft. If you're Steichen, which job you want? I would be terrified to go be the Texans head coach because that is an organization that has never had any success at all. And even though they've had early first round quarterback picks, it's almost as if whoever the Texans pick, it's going to be the wrong guy or the guy is going to get injured and blow out his ACL and he's never going to play again. So I, I don't know that you can look at the Texans for those reasons and say, I can't take that job. I, You're right. I, I, in Jody's scenario, I would have to take Texans because at yeah. least there's a clear path to the quarterback. Right. Hopefully you have a big word in who that quarterback is going to be, but I hear you. That organization has been a disaster. The, Shane might say, oh, let me wait. Maybe maybe yeah. the Chargers fire Brandon Staley in another year and I can go reunite with Justin Herbert. And well, um, and and maybe what you see with Tampa too is they have so much talent around the quarterback. Who knows what they can do in the off season? You know, if, if swing a trade for Lamar Jackson uh, or something. You know, there we go. I'll something. Yeah, I mean that would be pretty good. So yeah, I, I like you can when you have a lot of talent, you you can kind of get away with a little bit at quarterback like the Lions are doing right now. Um, but uh, yeah. Hey, by the way, guys, I it. was talking to Dallas Goddard for uh, a long time yesterday. And out of nowhere, he told me, and Jody, I swear, I didn't prompt him at all. I swear, out of nowhere, he told me the Lions are the best team the Eagles have faced this year, talent-wise. He said, I don't care what anybody says. The Lions are the best team. might be a slight overstatement, but they scared us not out of me. They're playing the Jets this week. I had a Jet buddy text me and make a pick on the game. He's picking the Jets. And I said, sorry to say, I don't think that's happening this week. (laughs) I kind of got on the Lions bandwagon over the last couple of weeks. I was shocked when he said it. I was like, what, really? He said, See, now that's being utterly disrespectful to the Minnesota Vikings, the Dallas Cowboys. How dare Dallas Goddard not give respect to the Cowboys? 
funny. I don't think we'll hear that you and cry from Eagle fans here on our stream. How dare Dallas Goddard not give respect to the Cowboys, to the commanders who beat the Eagles. Lions right. didn't beat the Eagles. Yeah. A lot of disrespect. Yeah, good point. A lot so of disrespect. disrespectful, guys. So yeah. disrespectful. Uh, John Stolich, you never are. We appreciate it whenever you jump in with us. We will be inviting you back for more disrespect at a future date. Thank you very much for joining us today. Always happy to, guys. Take care. Thanks, John. John. Uh, I on the Enemy Podcast, Eagle Podcast, and contributor on uh, BleedingGreenNation.com as well. Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We kind of teased this right before John get on. Uh, I want to ask John about it. Uh, John McMullen. I'm getting confused with my John Stolness and McMullen. A lot of um, Johns. About Still. the CEO status of a head coach. John said something that I was going to ask him that very question about what Nick Sirianni is getting done this year and what kind of an effect it's going to have on the National Football League, not just the Eagles, but on the NFL as well. We'll get into that when we get back here on Birds 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only 30 When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. 
products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. $9.95 or $3.39 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs, $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff the Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Big Finish Sales Event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Guys, here on Birds 365, McDonald and McMullen with you. Uh, coming up in, oh, less than 20 minutes from now, Easy Ed Kratz, Special Ed Kratz, is going to jump in board uh, with us here on Birds 365. All right, uh, Johnny Mac, I do want to talk about Coach Nick Sirianni for a second here. And let me preface this by saying, no disrespect meant to Jalen Hurts. A lot of disrespect. Everybody's That's the theme of the show. Little, uh, overly defensive of Jalen Hurts and his MVP status. I'm on record as saying, yes, right now, MVP. have the vote, Jalen Hurts, MVP. Two but I will here. say there's more of a chance that Jalen Hurts doesn't win the MVP than there is Nick Sirianni not winning Coach of the Year. Who's got a better, bigger lead right now in their respective award category I'll take Nick Sirianni as coach of the year over Jalen Hurts as the MVP. Uh, I There are cases to be made for a couple other guys on the MVP side. Who the hell is in the in the same sentence with Nick Sirianni for coach of the year at the NFL? It's not even close no. as far as I'm concerned. I, so, I think, you know, Brian Dayball was in the conversation, but he's fallen off dramatically. Yeah. Um, I Kevin O'Connell was in the conversation, but he's falling yeah. off. Um, yeah, I mean, Nick is a significant, significant favorite. Significant. He's a runaway leader in that category. And if that's disrespectful to Jalen Hurts, because I'm saying Nick Sirianni is more of a lock to win coach of the year than he is the MVP. Sorry, Jalen, but that's the way I see it. Um, so we all agree that uh, Sirianni is having this unbelievable year, doing this unbelievably great job. And he is a CEO coach. He gave up the play calling last year. Didn't tell anybody about it till after the fact. Uh, and it has been the case all year. Shane Steichen did a great job calling the plays. We we're just discussing where will Shane Steichen be landing as a head coach next year in the NFL. The NFL is a copycat league, John. Always has been, always will be. You and I have both been covering it for a long time. And it's been that way 
forever, forever, as long as you and I have been following it, 40, 50 plus years. And he's going to be the runaway coach of the year. The Eagles have already had a great season. We expect it to continue. We expect a playoff run, a potential Super Bowl and the like. In the hiring this upcoming offseason, or maybe even within teams that like their coach, want to keep their coach, but think something has to change, maybe they call the coach in and go, listen, we want you to stay as the coach. We believe in you, but... It's working elsewhere where the coach is not calling plays, that they're not the offensive coordinator de facto or the defensive coordinator de facto. We want to hire someone to work on the side of the ball that you're overly involved in right now. We want you to take a step back and take control of the entire organization. Kind of like the way Nick Sirianni does in Philadelphia. We got any chance of that happening in the league this year? Um, there's a slight groundswell in that. I, I don't want, that's a bad word. There's a slight shift, um, that way. Brian Dayball is doing that. Um, he's not calling the plays, which surprised me, uh, a lot, uh, because of his reputation, but he let, and he's letting Mike Kapka call the plays. Um, so there's a slight movement. In that direction, you know me. I've talked about that for a long time. I I believe that's the way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just have co-head coaches, and you got the wrong titles. Um, I always go back to Sean McVay because Sean McVay was always the template. Everybody was looking for Sean McVay. So when Sean McVay first got the Rams job, Wade Phillips was who he brought in as the defensive coordinator, defensive great coordinator. defensive coordinator um, for a very long time. He used to go sit on the bench uh, when they were playing defense, talking to Jared Goff and focusing on what he was going to do when they got the ball. He didn't even pay attention. He didn't even pretend to pay attention. Now he pretends to pay attention. But back then he didn't. And I thought, "Eh, that's not what I want. I want – and I years and years ago, I talked about this with Tom Coughlin because it was always counterintuitive to me to – it's such a big job. The one thing I've talked to so many coaches over the years and I say, what's, what's the biggest surprise? How much other stuff, every single one of them says how much other stuff you have to do. It's not just football. You have, you know, media, you have community, you got to meet with the TV crews. You got to, there's so many people pulling you in different directions. It's such a big job. And they all say the same thing. Oh, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how much time I'd be away from football uh, with all this other ancillary stuff, schedules, logistics, setting up for your practice schedule, um, how you want to do things, all these things. It is such a big job. And when you're bogged down on game day, calling plays, especially as an offensive guy, that's when you have the time management issues. That's when you have all the obvious mistakes that fans are sitting on their couch going, what are you such a, he's worried about the next play. You, you it, it, We're not allowed to do it. Back in the day, we used to be able to go on, on the sidelines at the end of games. Uh, last four minutes, you used to be able to go out on the sidelines. Man, that is, that is such a fast game, Jody. Forget about the players on the field. It's, it's an amazing 
amazing thing to see on the field. But just how quickly things move and just how chaotic the sidelines are, forty seconds goes quick, goes really quick, and they're cutting off the 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 um, the communication. Yeah, the the yeah microphone. Um, They cut it off. You got to be back. You got to be back, and it just doesn't make sense to me. So I asked Tom Coughlin who became a CEO coach, but he wasn't a CEO coach at the beginning. And I asked him why, what to me, you'd get your feet under you. And then you would call plays when you got your feet under you. And he said, it's the exact opposite. The reason people call plays to begin with is you have to make sure everybody's on your page as a head coach. And then when you make sure everybody's on your page, then you can give it off. Then you can ha- hand it off. But the last thing you want to do is lose your coach. You lose your opportunity with guys who aren't doing what you want. So that's how Tom explained it to me. And I always thought it made some sense after he explained it to me. And as a matter of fact, that's kind of what happened here in Philadelphia. Cause yeah. they called the place to start yeah. the season last year. And then I don't know if it was, he felt comfortable enough as you just described, or if it was more a case of, and this is what I would think it was, they didn't go off to a very good start. Wasn't working real well. Nick said, let's try something different. So he went to Steichen calling the plays and started to work. So there was a foregone conclusion. All right, we're sticking with this. Um, and for one of our guys on the stream who either isn't getting the point I'm trying to make, or you're trying to make um, uh, Philly and Philly T noise, Guys get hired without really calling plays at all. See, Andy Reid, never coordinator. Dougie P, very irregularly called plays. And And what's the first thing they did when they became head coach of the Eagles? Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, what'd they do? Who'd they assign to call plays, John McMullen? They called plays themselves. Themselves. Um, That's the point we're trying to make. Not not you get hired by your ability to call plays or not. No, we're talking about CEO coaches which is you give up play calling, even though you may have been a play call or you were associated with one side of the ball. No, you come in and you run both. And that's one of the reasons why Nick Sirianni, for me, has been an unquestioned coach of the year in the NFL this year. He actually talks to Jonathan Gannon. They have a good relationship. He's involved. Like you mentioned, uh, the, the, the Rams coach on the sideline. Doesn't even try and hide it. Wade Phillips, you coach the defense, I coach the offense. Never the two shall meet. You take care of your side, I'll take care of my side. Oh, no, Sirianni's on talking to both sides of the football every single week throughout the game. He's on top of the entire game, whether the Eagles are on offense or defense. He really does almost define the way you and I kind of see it the way it should be, or at least we think we do. He's, a, he's the CEO coach of the National Football League, so that's why I ask you the question. Will we see And, and by the way, and I one? get why you say it, I've talked about Nick, i talked to Nick about this enough. Um, I believe him. Uh, he didn't give up play calling because they weren't successful. Uh, he gave up play calling because he implicitly, number one, trusts Shane Steichen. They're very close. Kevin Petullo as well. They are all on the same page. It's it's his offense and 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 Shane, and and so much of it is the preparation before the game. Where he was making mistakes is overseeing the game, and he admitted it. It's too much. It's too much. You get bogged down. 
Um, and he was making too many mistakes overseeing the game that he wasn't happy with. And he has people in place. And he also told me, you know, if he didn't have people in place that he, that he trusted as much as Shane and he didn't have that relationship, he might still be calling the plays, which goes back to what Tom Coughlin says, at least until you get to that point. So I do believe him that. But I don't even think, you know, he gave up play calling in the Chargers game last year. Um, they lost before, that game after during before uh, they lost that game 27, 24. That was the first game that Shane uh, called plays since that game. They lost that game, but since that game, 18 and three as the play caller. And if you look at the three losses, 18 and four with playoffs, but regular season, if you look at the three losses, one of them was the Giants game we all talked about coming off this week. Jalen Rager, the two drops. Worst game of Jalen Hurts' starting career, certainly. But they still were in a position to win the game. They were still in a position. The second loss we just talked about with John Stolness, the Dallas game where they put 12 people on the COVID list and they shut it down and are playing the JB. And then they lost to Washington this year. That's it. That's that's it. They're 18 and three. And they don't make mistakes generally when it comes to. And Nick right, talked. I, I, yeah, I, you kind of do need to put the Tampa game into that mix. I said eighteen and four with the playoffs. With Tampa the, was just better. Tampa was just better. Tampa was just a better team. Uh, and they've gotten obviously they've gotten a lot better talent wise from this season to last season. That's where Howie and I said the Eagles are the template organization because Howie's part of this as well. I also believe what the Eagles do well, GM should be in charge of personnel. Head coach should have nothing to do with it. But the GM has to get players the head coach wants and fits the head coach's system. So it's a very delicate balance, but the Eagles have found it and done it the right way. We were just talking about – I asked Nick this question yesterday so everybody can go online – and look at his answer. And he's talking about fourth down decisions. And he's talking about clock management. And he just got much better at it because he's not bogged down with the play-to-play 40-second, you know, fire drill that calling NFL plays is. It just makes sense. I agree with you wholeheartedly that if you can if you've got the right people in place whether you uh, hire them the day you get the job or you've got a relationship with them, or you even find one at some point, the best case scenario is you have someone else call your plays on defense. You have someone else call your plays on offense and you oversee everything. And it's working to perfection for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I think you got to give them that much. All right. uh, He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We are Mac and Mac birds, three sixty five. Coming up next, Ed Kratz, John's running buddy from Sports Illustrated, frequent contributor to the show, is going to jump in. We'll see if Eddie thinks that the Bears can keep it close on Sunday or will it be a blowout of epic proportions since the Eagles have kind of done that to their last two opponents. Will they do it to their next or are they distracted by a trap game, a comment by a rival's uh, defensive player, 
or any other reason uh, that the Eagles could stub their toe this week. We'll run it all by Ed Kratz of Sports Illustrated. He's up next here on Birch 365. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. Easy Ed Pratt hasn't logged in yet. We're hoping he does so in uh, the next couple of minutes. And when he does, we will uh, surely punch him up. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, hanging out with you here on uh, Birds 365. All right, here's one of the questions that I'm going to ask Ed when we get him on, so I'll put it to you instead. Um, at some point tomorrow, we'll make our pick on the game, how close we think it's going to be. I'm certainly leaning toward an Eagle victory, um, but I think think it could be more competitive than sounds like some of the guys we've had on as guests this week and you Johnny Mac um, but we're neither one of us is on the record um, as to what we think the final score is going to be and that's that's kind of the key to me that outweighs everything else with the final score is every once in a while you get an oh by the way touchdown that scored 
which was the Giants last week. And just think of how ugly it was up until the Giants got that last touchdown. And they did get it to make the score closer than it actually was. And it was still a beatdown of epic proportions. God, they killed the Giants last week. Um, Here's one of the ways I will judge how big a victory the Eagles have. You used the phrase the other day on the show here, John. We'll see if Ed, Ed Kratz uses the same phrase. Garbage time, which not a garbage time. I brought up Todd Rundgren in the press box. I needed Ed's help. I said, "Who sang that song?" The Eagles don't want to work, man. They don't want to work. I I think we need to come up with a new phrase for that. The same way that in describing Brock Purdy as Mister Irrelevant, it's disrespectful, is what it is. And we're all being very careful of not being disrespectful these days because people jump to the disrespectful charge rather quickly these days. So I'm going to try not to say uh, Mr. Irrelevant um, anymore. I'm going to say last but not least. And I think we need to come up with a new phrase for garbage time. And I was thinking along the lines of designated growth snaps. That is much less disrespectful than garbage time. So I'm going to call them designated growth snaps. And I like the Eagles, it. that would I like include it. JG like likes that. Yeah. Nicobe Dean, Zach Mack, Josh Job, those guys getting in the field in designated growth snaps. Will we even get to that, Ed Kratz, this week? Will we have designated growth snaps? For some of the younger Philadelphia Eagles, because the game is non-competitive in the fourth quarter, uh, I think that's too long. Designated, what was yeah, it? It is, it is long. Well, maybe we designated can get it down. Wrote snaps. That's three words. Garbage time is two words. Yeah, PGS. you're right. You go from two to three. Yeah. Come on, yeah. that's yeah. But you, you make it, it down by syllables. It's like what is it? Designated gross. <laughs> that's like seven syllables versus two. <laughs> three. Three. Yeah, I'm yeah. a syllable guy. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> got a point. Solid point. Maybe we can uh, DGS if we can get people on, you know, then we can create uh, an acronym. <laughs> I think you need a vowel in there somewhere if you're going to yeah. do an acronym. You need to stick it. I'm a sticking word. with designated growth snaps. Yeah, yeah. I'm sticking with garbage works. time. Yeah, a lot of garbage time for this yeah. team. Trash talk. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, what, 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 um, when we talk about that Giants game and now, uh, the Bears are coming up this week. Obviously, we're, we're talking about a 12 and one football team. Um, so the Eagles are really good. Any concern though that I, I mean, they are at this point of the season. I always thought there's no Alabama schedules, whomever, uh, uh, Wofford, um, I'm disrespecting certain colleges now, but you know, you have these designated wins to use Jody's designation. You have these designated wins on the schedule. As you get later in the NFL schedule, um, everybody tries to win early and you have all these upsets, but then you start doing the, 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 the thought process. Do we want to lose, you know, draft standing? Um, People start to rest guys. If somebody's got a banged up ankle, they know they're a terrible team. Maybe they fight through it earlier in the season. Point I'm trying to make is teams give up. The Eagles have this stretch where 
the Giants weren't given up, but they were really banged up. Tennessee was really banged up. Now they have the Bears, who are among the worst teams in the NFL. Is there any concern they're not being tested in these games? Uh, well, listen, I mean, uh, I don't know how banged up Tennessee was. I mean, Tennessee was a good they test. They banged up. Ed. They, they, they were came... really banged up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could say that every team has injuries. I mean, it's week 15, whatever. I mean, you know. Yeah, were, were the Eagles not without Goddard and yeah. Maddox? And... You could say the Eagles are banged up, too, and yet they still exactly. win. I mean. You know, so I, I don't I don't know how much I get into that. I, I think they've been tested. I mean, uh, you know, the Giants came out and, uh, you know, they had them stopped on that third down on that first drive. And A.J. Brown was held or hands to the face or something on Fabian Moreau, picked up a first down for him. Um, yeah, I just think, you know, you just play who you play and that's all you can do. And you, I don't think there's any chance that this team loses focus in Chicago. Or they have too many veterans and I. I think it helps them that the Cowboys are playing well and that they're right on their heels. Um, and they know that they can't really let up if they want to get the goal of winning the division and getting the number one seed. If the Cowboys are sitting there with nine wins or eight wins and they have a three or four game lead at this point, you know, maybe you lose a little bit of focus and, you know, maybe you don't really push yourself against teams that you think are banged up or inferior, but, uh, I think I don't think there's a chance of, of that happening. And I, I the Bears are inferior, but I, I I don't know. I don't think it'll matter to the Eagles. I think it'll just be business as usual, and they'll, they'll lead to some designated snap. Uh, designated <laughs> gross designated snaps. gross snaps. Yeah, yeah. Garbage saying, time. I don't like garbage time. I don't like gar- yeah. it. Skews everything. Skews stats. I don't like it. I so you be- you'd rather Nicobe Jean just stay riveted to the bench and play only on. Uh, special teams. Well, I can't get Nakobe in the game because TJ and Kaiser are playing too well, but it doesn't. I, I have a lot of. Uh, Didn't uh, you listen to your boy, JG, yesterday talk about how important these designated yeah. growth snaps oh, I are? I listen to them all the, the time. The five, the 10, the 15, they all add up. Your guy said this and you're poo pooing it. You don't like yeah. it. You don't like what JG's saying, Johnny Mac? No, I, I have no problem. I think. You know, when you're blowing out a team, you should play those guys. I, 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 I don't like garbage time for the fact that, you know, everybody is. You know me; I'm not a big stat guy, so you know it skews the stats, and and you don't know. Like the defense is playing so well, but they got skewed a little bit by the Giants picking up some yardage and and garbage time and all that kind of stuff. I think it all factors in. I don't like it. I don't like garbage time. I don't like garbage time in the end. It's not fun is what I'm trying to say. It's not fun garbage time. It's absolutely fun. I couldn't disagree with you more. Uh, And and to me, you know how long it goes? I get real far far afield, but then we'll come right back. It all started with Hawthorne Wingo on the early 70s Knicks. He was the Knicks' 12th man, and they used to crush teams every single week. So the crowd would chant, wing, go, wing, go, wing. The, the, the Eagles crowd need to do this for N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe, N'Kobe. Now that's disrespect. N'Kobe. You're calling N'Kobe Dean the 12th man. That's He is. He's designated growth snaps. That's the a, facts are the facts. That's How many future, snaps has he played from scrimmage all of, year? Of all people, Jody McDonald. That's a future superstar. No, what, who I'm disrespecting is Jonathan Gannon, that he couldn't get him in until you got designated snap time. Yeah. So, wow. Ortho Wingo, that was his Ortho name? Ortho Wingo? 
Hawthorne Wingo. Hawthorne you guys got to do some Googling and research yeah. after the game, after the show today. Wow. Well, see, 12th Can't man. Believe neither one of you know who Hawthorne Wingo is. I don't know. I'm an NBA guy, too. I, I, I wasn't there. Shadale, uh... Shadale Threat for the Sixers. He was one of those types. People get used to real excited when he would get in the game. But <laughs> I hear what you're saying. The Eagles have been so good. That's the point. Uh, uh, let's get a let's Tom Bigby it and get it back to the Eagles. Um, they've been so good to this point, Ed, uh, at 12 and one. Micah Parsons came out. You know, the question's coming. Jordan Mylotta handled it the way he handled it. I think uh, Jalen Hurts used uh, five words. I'm sure you saw the video by now. What was your take on it? Was Micah Parsons disrespecting Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I don't think it was really egregious at all, to be honest. I mean, uh, I just I watched think- it eight times. I keep did I miss something? I keep trying to find what I missed that was so disrespectful. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I I, <laughs> I didn't really see much there. I, you know, I thought he was kind of giving credit to the team, you know, maybe he was in a backhanded way, dissing Jalen Hurts somehow, but, you know, listen, I, I don't think he was. I mean, I I think the thing I like about Micah Parsons is he speaks his mind. You know, he's always done that even at Penn State. I mean, he's always willing to speak his mind. And, um, you know, if that leads him down the wrong path, then so be it. But I don't think this time it did. I thought – I kind of thought it was pretty benign, to be honest. He didn't come out and say, you know, Jalen Hurts is a system quarterback. He said he's good in the system they play. Like every player is built for a certain system and excels in a certain system. Dak Prescott's no different. He's playing within a system. And uh, I I didn't really quite see it. And, you know, I know it's been a big deal. And, you know, this week, yesterday, especially at Eagles practice, Nick was asked about it. Jordan was asked about it. Jalen, you know, I I didn't really think there was much there. uh, Too much. I didn't think there was too much fire there at all. Ed, will the re-addition of Dallas Goddard to the Eagles offense be seamless? Take a quarter, take a half, take an entire game, shake the rust off. How does Dallas Goddard being put back into the Eagle offense play this Sunday against the Bears? That's yeah, interesting. I mean, you know, they've really taken kind of a, a cautious approach with, with approach with Jordan Davis. I, I know that they have some depth now on that defensive line. But, you know, I think he only played six or sn- seven snaps in his return. He only got 15 last week. So they've kind of been working him back up slowly. Jonathan Gannon said this week that, you know, there could be some more snaps for him. So Avante uh, Maddox came back and, and they threw him out there for a good portion of snaps. <laughs> I, I expect them to kind of do that approach give goddard a really good solid run kind of like they gave maddox um he's just a a top weapon on this team and if he's healthy and he's ready to go and his shoulder proves that he can block uh yeah he's going to have a good role he's going to have a pretty meaty role i would guess and the eagles are going to throw him the ball jalen hurts will throw him the ball uh you know he was on track for a thousand yard season before he got hurt so uh, he's, they're just going to, if he's healthy, they're going to use him. They're going to put him out there. And, and I think one good thing they learned was these backup tight ends. Everybody kind of wanted an, a, a better backup tight end, but listen, Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra especially really stepped up well. So, you know, a little bit more about what you have behind Dallas Goddard. And it's not as bad as some people may have thought. I mean, these guys, they were four and without Dallas Goddard on the field. 
Um, but that said, they're still the backups. They're going to go back to their roles. And Dallas Goddard, I think, is going to play, you know, <laughs> 70% of the snaps if he's fully healthy. And they're going to throw him the ball five, six times would be my guess. Yeah, especially on third down. No, yeah. I think Jalen doesn't trust anybody more than Dallas Goddard on third down. Even A.J. Brown, I think he's this guy on third down. And, yeah, he's big. The Eagles deserve all the credit in the world for going 4-0 uh, without Dallas Goddard. But it's big that he's back. I mean, they don't lose anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's partially, partially that. But I do – the biggest question mark to me, and I think it's really interesting because of the roster situation, uh, is safety this week. It's pretty clear Reed Blankenship is not going to be able to play. Um, so, you know, he's not going to be out for four games though. So they don't want to put him on injured reserve. They have one open roster spot, but that's going to Dallas Goddard. So they have two practice squad elevations. Now they have to elevate the punter because he's got a punt. You, even in, you know, the Eagles are great offense. They're going to go for it on fourth down, but you need a punter just in case and a holder. So Brett Kern is going to be one of those elevations. The second one, you can elevate Anthony Harris and he can play and he can start and he knows the defense. He's been with Jonathan Gannon forever. But if you do that, then you don't have Christian Ellis, who has been a godsend to this special teams, but he's not on the 53 yet. They only have one elevation left on him. Then they're going to have to put him on the 53. Kayvon Wallace could start against a team who doesn't throw the ball much and doesn't throw it effectively, do you wait one week for Anthony Harris? Do you wait for the Cowboys? Do you elevate Christian Ellis, or do you say, oh, we got to start Anthony Harris? Yeah, that, you know, that's a really good question. I hadn't hadn't thought about that. I just kind of assumed they would do Harris and, uh, and Kern. Uh, but you're <laughs> right about Christian Ellis. He's been really helpful. I mean, he's got four special teams tackles, right, in his uh, two elevations. He has one left. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good thought. Uh, I thought, would you rather have Kayvon Wallace or uh, Anthony Harris playing back at safety this week? I, I think Kayvon. Yeah, Wallace, that's that's what makes it more interesting because yeah. his 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 strength is run support. Yeah, and, and you're, then you're a little thin though. I mean, I know Josiah Scott. I think he had a couple safety uh, reps yeah. against the Giants, so. Yeah, that, that's an interesting thought because um, Anthony Harris won't play special teams. And frankly, I, I think Kayvon Wallace played pretty well uh, against the Giants. You know, he, he might have been out of position a few times, but I thought he made some nice tackles in the game. I think he had five of them. Um, and, you know, he I think he's better than Harris at this point. So, yeah, I think there's a good chance that wow. that maybe Harris doesn't get elevated and they elevate Christian Ellis for a last time or – Maybe we see another Friday injury that leads to uh, someone getting uh, put on IR, and then maybe somebody gets activated to the fifty-three, like the punter. Um, because I, you know, I listen. I, I don't know if Aaron Sippus is coming back. Uh, you know, in there he put Sippus on IR. He, he's on IR, but he's eligible to return. I think in the last game of the season, right? Uh, yeah, I don't the- think we're going to see Aaron. I, I don't think we are. It sounded like Mike Clay was 
almost like writing him off for the yeah. season when we talked yeah. to Mike Clay on Tuesday. So yeah, they're going to have to add Kern to the fifty-three yeah. eventually, right? And it and they might have to add Ellis eventually to the fifty-three. I think they should, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that means there's, you know, it could be Trey Sermon, it could be Ian Book, it could be Tyree Jackson, it could be. Here's, here's what the question comes down to for me, and tell me if you guys disagree and I'm wrong. I think it's a Ellis Bradley thing more than anything else. No, Sean. Yeah, he's hurt. Bradley's hurt. He's um, hurt. Um, yeah, he's good. no, he's a good player. Sean's not going anywhere. But um, you know, that's a good point. Like maybe he's injured enough that he goes on IR. I, I don't oh, yeah. know if he's injured. Yeah. Uh, well, he he is right. I mean, he didn't. No, I meant seriously. Enough. Yeah, seriously yeah. injured. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what how severe that injury is, but maybe there's a chance that he gets IR. I I don't I don't know, but it's a, it's a, it's something they're going to have to figure out, and it's a good question. <coughs> maybe we could try to, you know, get to the bottom of. I think we're going to get that Trey Sermon Friday ankle sprain. Um, at some point, um, yeah, yeah, he's kind of been that. Going to put him on IR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that's going to go. The Eagles have been able to manipulate that, and you know, Jody and I were talking. I want to run this by you because it's interesting to me. Probably nobody else, but maybe it's interesting, Ned Kratz. <laughs> um, the Eagles organization should be the template for this league and how they built this and it goes from Howie Roseman as the GM in charge of personnel, but he gets the players the coaching staff wants. He's not that rogue, I'm gonna give you the square peg to fit in the round hole. Jonathan Gannon wants to play light boxes, he loses uh uh Jordan Davis, he goes out and gets him Linball Joseph. He does those types of things. I think that's the first part of it. The second part Nick Sirianni is the coach, is involved with the whole team. He's not, you know, disavowing the defense. He's not disavowing the special teams. He constantly says, um, my signature is on everything in this organization, on the field. He's a CEO coach. I love that. And then you have the personnel, the talent, and and what they've been able to put together. And it all starts with Jeffrey Lurie. we got to give him credit as well. And how many – I think 17 playoff bursts now in the Jeffrey Lurie era, which is third, I believe, to New England, which is obvious in Green Bay, which is also obvious. But they haven't had Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for a decade plus, in the case of Tom, two decades. How impressed are you with this organization? Because I'm impressed with this organization. Well, I mean, it's hard not to be. I mean, just even recently they've made the playoffs in five of the last six years. And, you know, you look at what they did in 2017, winning a Super Bowl, and then they tried to keep that window open for another year or two. And then they kind of flushed it out. And even though there's still, I think it's eight players left from that Super Bowl team. One of them is Rick Lovato, the long snapper, and then Elliot as the kicker. I mean, those are two and Derek Barnett, who's on IR. Um, but what they've, what Howie and, and Lori have been able to do here is just kind of flush this roster out and, and rebuild. And that's hard to do. You know, it's only been five years uh, since they won that Super Bowl. And now here they are 12 and one on the, you know, certainly one of the favorites to get to the Super Bowl and maybe win it. Uh, that that's not easy to do. And I, and I think it's a credit to the organization from top to bottom to the scouts who, 
you know, have helped uh, Howie Roseman have some good drafts here. You know, I mean, they're getting contributions from several of their players. Uh, they've made some smart free agent moves, obviously. They've brought in guys in trades like uh, Chauncey Gardner and A.J. Brown. It's just very savvy moves. And um, there's a lot of teams that would love to go to win a Super Bowl and then five years later be on the brink again. But it's just not that easy. And these Eagles seem to make it look easy, but it isn't. You know, it's a lot of hard work. And you're right. I, I give them, you know, Lori Roseman and the scouts, everybody involved with that front office, a lot of credit for having them back on the brink of possibly winning another Super Bowl. All right, Eddie K. I have a Jody Mac staple for you. A hypothetical question. This, of course, can't happen, but in my world it can, and I'm going to put you to it. Um, you only have three and a half more hours this week of watching football above and beyond the Eagles. Of course, you get to watch the Eagles. But you can pick one other game to watch to give you as much insight as to where the Eagles sit. Are you taking tonight's Thursday nighter, San Francisco, Seattle? Are you taking uh, Cowboys, Jags, which, oh, by the way, is in Jacksonville. So we get that idiot uh, mascot in the Speedo down there in Jacksonville. He's almost worth watching just to laugh at him and make fun of him more so than the Cowboys. Or Sunday night football, Commanders, Giants. Can only watch one game if you're an Eagle fan other than the Birds. Who are you advising them to watch? Uh, well, I it probably wouldn't tell me much about uh, about them, but uh, I would say that uh, I would probably pick Miami and Buffalo Sunday night just because that's a – Oh, you're big... already ahead to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And well, Cratch, that's disrespectful – for the other uh, yeah, that's the theme. I, I saw enough Completely of the Giants on, on Sunday. I don't want to see any more of the Giants. I, I do not want to see the Commanders and the Giants. I guess yeah. if, if I had my pick of those games, I, I would probably say the Cowboys and the Jaguars. I mean, what the hell's the Jaguars mascot's name? He's got. I don't know. That's I a Jimmy Kemsky question. Jimmy uh, keeps tabs yeah, on all the matches. Designated guys. Speedo growth guy. Oh, look, <laughs> nice. No Very nice. good. That's called a callback in the world of comedy. I love it. Yeah, Very well, good. Yeah. Um, yeah I, just because you know, that, place, that place is going to be packed with Cowboys fans, right? The Jacksonville yeah. Stadium. Oh, yeah. Run. Oh, yeah. But I, you know, I think that's a game the Jags can win. I mean, Doug Peterson has his team playing well. Trevor Lawrence is the AFC. Trevor Lawrence. Offensive player of the week. Fighting through an injury, uh, showing how tough he is to Bob Groats. Yeah. Uh, who could, yeah. I'd like to see that Cowboys team a week before they play the Eagles, see what they look like. Cause we're all, you know, we're thinking, well, okay, the Eagles might be looking ahead to the, to the Cowboys on Christmas Eve and the Bears, you know, maybe they won't be as focused. I don't think that'll happen. But what about the Cowboys? Could they be looking ahead to the Eagles next week and, and overlook the Jaguars? So I, I'd probably want to watch that game. Uh, with tonight's game between the 49ers and Seahawks kind of being the second game, if you know, but again, I'm going right to the Super Bowl, man. I'm going right to the top yeah. Bills, Dolphins, Sunday yeah. night, probably in the snow, which I love those snow games. Snow games are great. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Dallas Goddard for a while in the locker room yesterday, and he, he broke something out on me that shocked me beyond belief. Ed. And I wasn't prodding. We were, we were just, you know, Bull, you know, whating around, nothing more, nothing serious. And he said, I don't care what anybody says. Detroit's the best team we played all year. 
it shocked me. It shocked me. Uh, they played Minnesota. They played uh, Dallas already once. Now, granted, Cooper Rush was there, but nonetheless. Um, and their schedule is what it's been. Um, you know, is that disrespectful? <laughs> Jody brought that up. I didn't think of it at the time. Oh, it wasn't that. By the way. Completely disrespectful. To who? Who's, who's he disrespecting there? The Cowboys? The, Every the other team. Yes. Really Much like that. you dismissing the entire NFC. To watch an AFC game this week. By the way, he wasn't being disrespectful at all. He was just giving his honest opinion, and he thinks they're oh, underrated. Oh, you mean kind of like uh, yeah, Michael Parsons? Well, and I said Michael wasn't being disrespectful yeah, at all. Kinda. I'm very consistent, Jody. Yes, you Neither are. Neither was being disrespectful. But if you start looking ahead to the playoffs, Detroit's one of those teams that might sneak into the back end. There's always one of those teams – you always get that that tag. Oh, you don't want to play them. They're hot coming in. Whatever the reason is. You got a team like that that could ruin the day of a good team. Not even necessarily the Eagles. But anybody on the NFC that says, oh, this team might be getting hot at the right time. Something of that nature. The Lions could be that team. Yeah. I, listen, I, there are probably reasons Goddard said it. Remember, that was the first game of the year when yeah. you know, they were the hard knocks darlings and Dan Campbell was biting kneecaps and, you know, <laughs> driving his team hard. And that place was rocking. I mean, I, I said it then and I'll say it now that that was probably the second loudest environment I've ever been in to cover. Now, I told you, Jody laughs at me. How crazy was that freaking it, environment? It was nuts. And maybe yeah. that's because, you know, even as the uh, the press corps, we're sitting out in the stands, really. Yeah. We're in a press box, but it's not enclosed like so many of these venues are. Yeah. So we really got a, a, a feel for that, you know, for how how, how those fans were. And it, it was loud in there. And, yeah. and maybe that's why they might have been the best team. And they did play the Eagles tough. They came back, just fell a little short. But – that was a tough environment, you know, in the season opening game where there's was all these high hopes again, you know, for the Lions. Um, but I, I don't think the Lions would beat the Eagles, if that's what you're saying. I don't think they would come to Philadelphia and, and spring any kind of an upset uh, against Philly, even though they're playing well. I mean, the Eagles have been playing well pretty much all year, except for one or two games, right? Um, so yeah. you don't want to face the Eagles and you don't want to do it at home. But I give credit to the Lions, man. They're fighting for that playoff spot. I, I don't know if they're going to get there. Um, but they're making a good good run at it. Yeah, they come to MetLife this week and get Mike Limp and White to uh, try and hold in check their defense. If Goddard had said that to me, I would have said, "Wait a minute, you're on offense. Yeah, You've seen their, you saw their defense yeah. week one, and their defense is as bad as it ever is. Yeah, They've that's just true. Got one well, of the better I was surprised. The I, I was surprised when he said it. Um, and you're right. I mean, Justin Jefferson probably should have had 300 against them uh, if the officials didn't blow uh, one call. But, yeah, their defense is str- still struggling. Offensively, boy, they're getting they're James as good as there is in the back. NFL. Yeah. They're, they're right getting, there with the Eagles as the best yeah. offense in the NFL. And their offensive coordinator's got a lot of Shane Steichen-like ability to to take advantage of what he has, Ben Johnson. So um, I'll – I'll ship it there to Shane Steichen. Um, yeah, I was going to be coaching next just, year. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Lions even traded TJ Hawkinson, right? I mean, they got, yeah. Crazy. Players. Imagine if they had TJ Hawkinson. They're still yeah. clicking. I mean, 
that's credit to Dan Campbell. But um, your question is about Steichen and coaching. Yeah. I think an organization would be very smart to hire Shane Steichen. I think that would be a really a home run hire. Um, for what a anybody. good guy, by the way. On, uh, on 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 the podium, terrible. Off the podium, unbelievable. Yeah, he he's very good. You know, off record with what he has to say, but he you just get a feeling he's a smart guy. He is a smart guy. You know, look at he coached Justin Herbert right in L.A. Yeah. his rookie season, mm-hmm. and Herbert had a fantastic year. And I don't think Herbert he's good and he's having a good season, but I don't think he's playing like he was as a rookie when Shane Steichen was with him. And now, you know. Look what he's done with this offense. Look, this team comes out and scores touchdowns the first time it gets the ball. They've done it in seven of their last eight games. Yeah. Um, again, a feather in, in Steichen's hat uh, and, and Sirianni. You know, they work together. And um, But w- the helping with Jalen Hurts and understanding his skill set and putting something around Hurts as far as what you can do to take advantage of that skill set, um, that can't go unnoticed either. I just think, yeah, he's – Everybody talks about Gannon having a head coaching job. And I don't know how many job openings there are going to be. I mean, there's always seems to be at least five. But seven. Well, there'll be about seven five this year. Yeah. yeah, there's Indies open. The Carolina, who knows? They may keep Steve Wilkes. He's four and four, has them in the playoff hunt. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that they're going to go outside the organization and bring someone else in. So, uh yeah, I, I guess you can go through and find some teams, but I think Steichen should get one of those jobs. And I, I would even put him ahead of Gannon at this point. I mean, I know Gannon does a good job, but Steichen, what he's done with this offense. Remember last year how they got off to those slow starts and yeah. you know, they had like three points. Well, they're, they're, since he's taken over as play caller, they are 18 and four in the regular season. Um, 18 and five, if you include the playoffs, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, Ed, here's my last question for you before we let you run. Um, Back to a game other than the Eagles over the weekend. The Cowboys and Jaguars are playing. It's the fourth quarter. Trevor Lawrence throws a perfectly timed-touched pass to the back of the end zone, and Evan Ingram makes the catch, which all of a sudden in Jacksonville he can do. Where he's with the Giants, he used to drop passes all the time. Dropped a big one here. He sure uh, as hell did against the Eagles. The Eagles. Yeah. He makes a great catch like he did last week, back of the end zone against coverage from Micah Parsons. And Jackson DeVille, the mascot of the Jaguars, in his Speedo, does a twerking thing toward Micah Parsons. Is that considered disrespectful? And will Micah Parsons hit him if he does that? Well, <laughs> I would probably be cringing if I had to watch oh, that. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if I would yeah. see the swing if Parsons yeah. were to attempt the punch there because I'd be like, ooh, I can't yeah. watch that speedo action. Is that is that his name, Jackson Phil? Jackson is that Jackson DeVille. Jackson DeVille. That's awful. That's everything about that is awful. The pun is awful. It's yeah. it's terrible. It's and terrible. you know you know how this ties into the Eagles, right? Uh, they got they got the shot of AJ Brown and somebody uh, else on the bench laughing hysterically during the Giant game this past week. Yeah, and Jalen is sitting next to him, face. and he's just narrow focused. He's yeah. not in on the joke, but yeah, the yeah. joke was that they were showing highlights of Jackson Deville on the big scoreboard in the MetLife Stadium, 
And the, the Eagle players who are on off, the offensive players sitting on the bench while defense out there are watching this idiot twerk with his Speedo on, and they're going nuts, hysterically laughing at it. And Jalen is completely oblivious. He has no <laughs> idea what his teammates are doing sitting two feet away from him, laughing at the uh, antics on the scoreboard at MetLife. He uh, doesn't want anything to do with any Jackson to Bill rat poison. <laughs> oh. Laser focus. He is laser focused. Like Ed Kratz. Who's going to win? On Sunday, any path to victory for the Chicago Bears? Boy, I, I just don't see it. I really don't. I mean, I'm hard pressed to name anybody on that defense outside of <laughs> Jaquan Brisker, who I really liked. I thought the Eagles should have taken him as a safety, and Kyler Gordon, a good cornerback. But outside yeah, of he's that, a good young quarterback. Uh, Eddie Jackson's a good player, but he's hurt. I he's think. hurt. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't he's think he's hurt. Play. Um, um, they don't have good. anything up front. You know, Robert Quinn. Uh, Robert Quinn was their best player. You see how that worked that's, out. Yeah. Your, <clears throat> that's a shame he won't that. be able to play against his former teammates because he's still on IR. But um, By the way, real quick, I pulled it up, and we got to get out of here, uh, so I'm keeping you along. I apologize, Ed. But I'm looking at their defensive line. Armand Watts, pro football Ooh. focus, 98 out of 125. Angelo Blackson, 118 out of 125. Justin Jones, 116 out of 125. Mike Pinnell, 112 out of 125. Dominique Robinson, 111 of 121. Travis Gibson, 113 of 121. Al Quadine Muhammad is the star, 97 of 121. What a disaster. So you're saying Miles Sanders could go over 2,000 yards this week. Um, <laughs> what does he need? Uh, well, I was just going to ask, 950 <laughs> to go over 2,000? Possibility. I just don't see a path. I mean, I don't know if they'll hang a 50-burger on them, but uh, I think they could threaten the 48-point mark again, to be honest. Uh, I, I just I just don't see how the Bears can win this game unless it's you know, you know snowing like crazy. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really it's gonna cold. It's going to be cold. Yeah, it's going to be cold. That doesn't what about – uh, Jake Elliott missing a field goal because Brett Kern just got here and is a bad holder. It's not Britton Covey. And uh, what about that? Well, I talked to Brett in the locker room, and he said it's going to take me about one to two what, minutes. What, what do you say, two minutes? Yeah, about one minutes. or two minutes to figure out the operation. So <laughs> he's talking about of, disrespect. I mean, a lot of, a lot of confidence. About the, well, uh, he's been doing it for 14 years, so yeah, it's I, kind of second nature for him. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about yeah. Ed, Ed Kratz, feel cre free to work uh, designated growth snaps into your post-game article. That Too many Dean syllables. Josh Jones certainly. Because, hey, uh, yeah, when you write it, it uh, if you're that lazy, you can't type out yeah, a couple extra we're all letters. Like, we don't want to write an extra word, Jody. Come on. Let's suck it up, both you two writers. Yeah, garbage time. Garbage Eddie K., good stuff. Thanks, bud. <laughs> all right. Thanks for the designated uh, growth Oh, you don't need it, my friend. You you are already on the Pro Bowl level. Designated oh, yeah. growth reps on on, uh, on the only thing this this trio could use with designated growth would be uh, a pie. Yeah, it's enough. not happening for any no. of us. Nope, nope. Uh, too late. It is SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. I got to get that in there uh, for Ed Kratz at Kratz E on Twitter.
Thanks, John. Thanks, Special Eddie. Ed. Thanks, bud. That's Eddie yeah. Kratz here with us on Birds 365. All right, quick timeout. Yeah, we got to put on a bow on the show. We got to make it quick because oh, Eric Thomas coming up next. Uh, we're going to get in trouble. Post game show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. Did you know taxes could be your biggest expense during retirement? Are most of your assets in tax-deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks? Taxes are historically low today, but we're facing significant headwinds in the future. Do you have a plan? The Thrive Financial Team has more than 100 years of experience helping people across the Delaware Valley with forward-looking tax planning. Learn how to shift your money from forever tax to no or low tax accounts. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. We are very short on time, but I'll tell you why Johnny Mackey shouldn't have to worry about it. We just played the promo of the Eagles postgame show. Uh, Mikey Miss and Derek Gunn and Seth Joyner and Devin Caney. They vlogged 13 whole postgame shows. We're on show number 427. And somehow they got a fancy dinner. I don't know where they shot that video. but Yeah, I know. A really nice restaurant and stuff. Before you and I got uh, Birds 365 on the road, where'd we go? Uh, where were we? Ponzio's, right? Ponzio's yeah. Diner. Fries yeah. and a Diet Coke is what I had. I don't even yeah. remember what you had. So for their 13 shows, they got a fancy dinner. 
We got fries and a Diet Coke yeah. and Ponzio. Well, I like Ponzios. 427 episodes? I like Ponzios. So I they like should, Ponzios, too. They should, they should advertise with us. Uh, yeah. yeah. Close circuit hey, to Ponzios. But... We could have gone anywhere on the planet. Joe yeah. Krause was playing play, anywhere, and we chose Ponzios. Yeah. Exactly right. Well, those are the big stars. You know, D-Gun, Missinelli, Caney. Uh, who else was in there? You know, I'm on a post game show. I didn't get an invite. Yeah, you my didn't get my an invite, invite got that, lost in the mail. Let's go to John McMullen, who's not here. Seth. I can find dining. But, but yeah, Seth, I forgot. You can't forget Seth. So they're the big stars. Exactly. All right. Uh, and you and I are both going to be in our basements again tomorrow, but we're going to give them two hours of great Eagle content leading up to the Bears and the Birds. Are you in for tomorrow, McMullen? I'm in. J Mac. Jody Mack, back tomorrow in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.